All right, everybody, welcome to episode 154 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? Doing all right. A little under the weather, but uh, glad to be here. Sorry I missed last week. Ah, it's all good, man. This is what we're talking about. Drew comes in, he plays hurt. He don't care. He's he's going to get it done. We're going to have a great show. So let's cut out all of the uh, all of the pleasantries and go right into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I'll start it off this week with uh, a good and um, it was it was a good week to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, we look good everywhere. Uh, offense, defense, special teams even look good. Uh, so a lot of players I could have picked from this game, but I am going to pick Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. 14 for 131 and three touchdowns and then a reception for 16 yards. And that's what we that's what we thought. We thought Tony Pollard was going to give you uh, the bulk of his fantasy points uh in the receiving game and he said i don't need receptions i will run the ball i will run for uh nine almost nine and a half yards a carry and um will dominate a a defense that had been playing pretty well the last few weeks i mean this wasn't a bad defense by any stretch um but Dallas looked great, and Tony Pollard, uh, you know, along with Dak Prescott, I think were the real catalysts on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So, Drew, who do you have as your good for Week Eight? Man, so many good ones to pick from. Um, hard not to go with, uh, you know, a guy like. Derrick Henry, who had over 200 yards rushing, doing what he thought we thought he would do. Um, but I saw a, a stat on on Twitter today that caught my eye. Uh, did you know that Tua is on pace for 3,500 yards and 15 touchdowns to Tyreek <laughs> and Jalen Waddle alone? That's that's crazy. That is. I mean that uh, that wide receiver duo, man. I I was in a matchup where I had Tyreek and the other guy had. Waddle and it was just haymakers back and forth all day. Um, but a, a good day to be a, a top end wide receiver, not to be outdone by AJ Brown, right? Three touchdowns, but uh, exciting to see. You know, some of the, we'll talk about some of the moves here, but uh, see the Dolphins going for it and uh, some things coming together for them. Uh, I love that pick. Um, Tua has shown what happens when a team kind of believes in you and a team gives you what you need to succeed. Um, Kind of looking at you, Chicago Bears, and the, uh, you know, we'll talk, we'll we'll get into Mm -hmm. some trades later on, but that that was kind of our whole gripe with Justin Fields right there in the offseason, you know, they weren't get you know, they didn't bulk up the offensive line. They didn't bulk up the receiving core. You know, they didn't do it in free agency. They didn't do it in the draft. And, you know, now in Justin Fields' defense, the last few weeks, he's been playing a lot better. The offense has looked a lot better. But obviously, you know, when you see what Miami did during the offseason, they already have – Jalen Waddle, right? So what do they do? Well, they just trade for Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? They they've been drafting offensive linemen forever, you know. Yep. To try to try to put protection about them, which by the way is what they should do. Doesn't matter how many of them you miss on, you, you need to hit on a couple to to protect your your assets there. So um you know, they signed, you know, how many running backs during the offseason, you know, so they, they really made it a point to try to load Tua up as much as humanly possible. And 
obviously their faith into has been rewarded. So I, I love that one. Um, Drew, I, I don't want you to get mad at me for uh, the bad here, but uh, Gabe Davis, uh, two, two receptions for 35 yards. And look, Gabe Davis is the ultimate kind of boom-bust player, right? If if he sneaks behind a defender and gets one, or in some cases we've seen this year, two or three uh, deep bombs that he comes down with, he, he's going to be in the good category. But there's games like this where it just doesn't happen. You know, they uh, they played the Packers, and I'll be honest with you, the uh, – the game was not as close as the score indicated, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this is kind of, you know, this is kind of the pros and cons of Gabe Davis. Uh, he's going to hit that. He's going to go. And, you know, if he catches that 60-yard bomb, boom, your day is made. Um, but if he goes two for 35, uh, it's, a, it's a little, it's bad. It's it's not what it's you, not what you expected. Not what you were hoping for. So, um, what about what about you, Drew? What's your bet? Yeah, I'm in a similar place uh, with a guy that we thought would actually uh, come on this year. I think a lot of the community thought that Cortland Sutton would be Russ's guy. That he would be the Tyler Lockett replacement. Um, he'd be the guy to go up and get some of those moon balls. And uh, yeah, four targets and one reception for 13 yards is is not it uh, in a winning effort as well. Um, where they don't have, you know, they don't have a stud running back anymore this season, so they've got to throw a little bit more. Um, I think we all expected a little bit different. A lot of people made some significant moves for Sutton. Uh, a lot of people were moving off Judy to get to Sutton this summer, uh, and then of course you have Greg Dulcich uh, throw in there for a, a nice touchdown as well, which I know uh, I was not as high as I should have been on him. Yeah, you know, I, I I was still holding out hope for Alberto after Fant moved on, but more on that later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, another good one. And, and it's funny because the beginning of the year, that, that looked like the, uh, the combo, right? That looked like, all right, we are, you know, it's Russ, the court and son, e- even the first few weeks where, you know, it, uh, it looked, you know, the offense didn't look good, but that connection looked good. That's what, that's what I was trying to say. Um, and then it kind of fell off, but the, the offense as a whole, it's just looked terrible. I mean, it, it's funny. I heard a, uh, I heard a podcast and they were saying that if the Broncos would have lost, uh, Nathaniel Hackett would have been left in, uh, in London. They, uh, they wouldn't have brought him back on the team plane. And, I, you know, who knows? That could be true. That could not be true. But they got, you know, this is a problem. I don't even know what to say about this situation because it should just be Russ, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, okay, Javante got injured. But Melvin Gordon – Minus the fumbles look fine. Then they got Latavius Murray, who actually seemed to overtake Melvin Gordon. And it's still just been like, you know, you mentioned Greg Dulcich, who, you know, has come on. But we thought Alberto could be a thing because who's going to focus on Alberto when you have, um, you know, all the weapons we mentioned earlier. And, you know. Now they have Dolce. Like it almost seemed like the the biggest problem was going to be too many weapons, and it's just like God. We're looking at these 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 scores, and we're look we're like, what are they doing? Like, I mean, do you see something? <laughs> Let me ask you, do you see something with that offense that just makes you like, like, I, I know what's wrong. 
Because no. I can't figure it out. No. No, I guess, uh, I don't know. Does this give you any more credit for, for Pete Carroll at this point for what he was able to get out of Russ in Seattle? I mean, you, like, yes and no. And, and here's what I mean by that. I think we all sat here and said that Pete limited Russ's upside, right? Let Russ cook, right? Well, we were saying that last year and the year before and the year before. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Let, oh, my God. They got DK Metcalf. They got Tyler Lockett. Let Russ cook. Let. And Pete was kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm going to let Russ boil some water. But the rest of the meal it is going to be, you know, good defense, a strong run game. And then every once in a while, kind of like Emerald, we'll let we'll let Russ go, bam, and you know, everything will be all right. And it was. Obviously, Russ got hurt last year. He had the hand injury, kind of similar to what uh, what Dak has this year. And I think they rushed him back. You know, kind of the opposite of you know what Dallas did. You know, Dallas was like, uh, you know what. Our backup is doing all right. And by the way, I think Geno Smith was doing fine last year. I mean, Geno Smith yep. wasn't out there getting blown out. They didn't lose all of their games that Geno started. I think Geno was just fine last year. But I think in their head, you know, and obviously the injuries happened at different times of the season between Dak and Russ. Dak was week one. So you kind of were like, okay, we can figure out what we're going to be with Cooper Rush. Now, if Cooper Rush had, lost four or five instead of winning four or five, maybe you go, okay, uh, let's, let's rush Dak back as well. But it was a little bit later in the season. I think they were saying, all right, we need Russ back so we can make it to the playoffs. That didn't happen either. So in that respect, I think that's where, Pete Carroll hurt Russ, where it was like, eh, maybe you should just let the guy sit a little bit longer and then bring him back. And but it, it's funny because talking about Gino, Gino's playing so well. And I, I said this last week when Bill was on. Shout out to Bill at Super Duper Flex. It was he was awesome last week. I said the Seahawks may be able to get a quarterback in the draft with Denver's pick. Not their own pick, because right now they're leading the NFC West. They might actually be able to get that quarterback that um, that they want. Now, maybe Geno plays so well that they use that pick on something totally different. But they could legitimately have, like, a top 10 pick via Denver. <laughs> and, that's where they, and that's where they get their quarterback, where the whole time we were going, Okay, these picks from Denver are going to be late. They're going to be in the, you know, the late 20s, you know, maybe maybe even a little bit later than that, you know. And now it's like, you know, man, the the script is flipped. So, yeah, I was just curious about what what you thought about that and um and uh but that that was a good little conversation. I appreciate that. All right, my ugly, right? It, it don't get much uglier than Devontae Adams. Mm. The Raiders get shut. They get blanked, shut out, zero points. How does a team with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, by the way, the way he's been playing this season, how do they get shut out by anybody? I don't care if it's the best defensive team in the league. How do you get shut out? The best defensive team in the league is the Dallas Cowboys. And Justin Fields with Darnell Mooney and the tag team of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert put 29 on, the, on that defense, which I think is the best in the league. You're, you're telling me that against New Orleans, who, by the way, good defense. They're, they're no slouches either. You can't put a single point, a, a field goal, nothing. <laughs> 
zero points. Devontae goes one reception for three yards. And I get it. He was sick during the week, this and that. But let's face it. What do we always say? If you're on the field, we expect you to play. And Devontae mm-hmm. Adams wasn't the only one that didn't do anything. But when you're the uh, the prize piece for a team that, by the way, made the playoffs last year, almost beat AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals in the first round. Mm. And this team looks like a dumpster fire. And honestly, I said this during the offseason last year. I have no idea why Rich Basaccia, who had to take over after the whole John Gruden debacle, didn't get that head coaching job. He that that team should have been what the team is doing this year. They should have been a mess. They should have been losing every game they were in. There should have been a bunch of infighting. And Rich Basaccia took that team and they won games and made it to the playoffs. And then they were just like, nah, that's not good enough. You I don't even know. I think I think he's like a an assistant on Green Bay now or something. Like he's not even a coordinator, which is insane to me. It's wild. But Devontae Adams, that's my dude. It was ugly. One reception, three yards. Gross. Um Drew, who's your ugly? Uh, he, he's a polarizing guy, uh, somebody that has kind of ridden the roller coaster of expectations. Uh, did get the team the win. Uh, we mentioned earlier he rode, uh, rode the workhorse of Derrick Henry all game. But Malik Willis out here with six completions for 55 yards, which maybe he's not going to be a great ball thrower at this point. But could he get you some yards on the ground? And they let him go. Five times for 12 yards. Now, it was uh, an ugly win is a win. Uh, But for first full start, uh, I I don't think Ryan Tannehill's job is in jeopardy at this point. Yeah. Like, wasn't this the – wasn't this – it almost seemed like people were saying, okay, Ryan Tannehill's done. You know what I mean? Malik Willis is going to come in. Malik Willis is going to be that dude. And, but I, I sat here and thought if Malik Willis had that type of upside eight weeks into his rookie season, right? Why did every NFL team pass on him at least once? Some teams, a lot more than one time. Yeah. He went in the third round. And normally, even quarter. Quarterbacks with massive upside that'll raw go earlier than the third round. When Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, but like we can we can we can go back through time and, and just talk about like how. And now we're starting to see it a little bit more in the league. But like, how many third round and later quarterbacks become long term starters? Yes, Russ did it. Dak Prescott did it. And I'm, tr- I'm just trying to, in my head, go through current starters. Obviously, there's, you know, from further back, you can come up with more names. But it, it's not, obviously, Tom Brady, probably the greatest to ever yeah. do it. But, like, how often does that happen? I named three guys out of... 32 current starters. And there's probably a couple more that I'm blanking on right now. And Tom Brady sat for a few years. Let's remember that. I mean, now he's the greatest of all time, but he sat for a few years. Yeah. Russ and Dak did do it in their rookie seasons. Uh, Dak was thrust into the spotlight because of injury to Tony Romo. Uh, Russ did it on ability because let's face it, Matt Flynn and all the money he got paid was just not any good. But we don't hear about this all the time because guess what? If any third round quarterback could just come in and become the starter for a team, you wouldn't see quarterbacks drafted in the first couple of rounds. They'd be like, I can get a guy in the third and that'll be fine. 
you know, it's the same thing we hear about running backs. I don't need to take a running back in the first because I can get a running back in the third, fourth round, and they can do the same thing. And we've seen that proven out. Um, hello, Tony Pollard. I'll bring it back. Um, but, um, but that's not how it works with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, they get drafted in the first round, maybe in the second round, if you know, if you get lucky. Shout out Jalen Hurts. Um, but like third, fourth, fifth round quarterback, they don't do this very often. So people who were just like Malik Willis is, is taking that job. By the way, Ryan Tannehill, you can love him or hate him. He was drafted in the first round. <laughs> like, and, and he was a guy who had played some wide receiver in college as well. And he was taken in the first. You know what I mean? We've seen guys with massive upside, but raw tools get taken in that first round. If people believe in him, you know, the league did not believe in Malik Willis until the third round. They thought that's where his upside could be. Yeah. So another, uh, another notable fourth rounder, your boy, Kirk Cousins. You know what? That's a shame on me. I knew that too. That was the same year RG3 got taken. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Michigan State. Shout out again to my boy, Bill at Super Duper Flex. That's my fault. I take full blame for that. Just like uh friend of the show, Bobby Koch, had to uh had to call me out on my uh Kenny Galladay foolishness today. And it was it was foolishness. Um but, but I, I want to talk to Bobby though, because he said technically because, you know, what's his name? Kenny G. I actually called him Kenny P because that's how he's been playing this year. Mm. Um but he's missed four games, so technically, but me and Bobby will work something out because guess what? I don't think he's missing games because he's there. I think he's missing games because they would rather pay him and have him sit home than uh than actually I even have him in the building. So uh we'll How do go I get with that, that job. Don't tell me about it, especially for what he's getting paid. <laughs> please, please. But uh that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um yeah, let's I want to move to this uh to this chat question right here. So this is work from Edward Zhang. He said, I just made a huge trade and was wondering who you guys think won. I gave Lamar, Fournette, Dalvin, and Mike Evans. That's all. That's a lot. For Hertz, Swift, Waddle, and CD. Uh, this is full PPR, and he's already got Kamara. So he did let us know that this is redraft. But um, all right, let's break this down. Um, I'm just going to go through it. Drew, you can think about this. And if you see uh, something differently than I do, let me know. So Lamar or Hurts? I mean, I love Lamar. I really do. But it's got to be Hurts. Like, that 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 team. Now, unfortunately, you're going to get about, you know, 0.5 points in the second half from all of your Philadelphia Eagles uh, fantasy players. But they score enough in the first half to make up for it. Uh, so give me Hertz on that one. Uh, Fournette or Swift? I mean, if I ha- if I had to win a game this week, give me Fournette. But I, I mean, this seems like, and, and I'm just guessing here, Edward. You seem like a team that is winning games. So Swift gets healthy, and I think he's he's helping you in the home stretch as long as he stays healthy. Uh, Dalvin Cook or Waddle, you brought up the stat, the the two of stat. So give me Waddle all day, and then Mike Evans versus C.D. Lamb. Listen, I know there there's been grumblings that Dak and C.D. aren't exactly on the same page and blah blah blah, but I'm still taking C.D. Lamb. That that Tampa Bay offense looks like a hot mess, but you know. Brady's got personal things going on, which I think is affecting his play. Plus, I mean, what is he, 46 now? I mean, um, I, that may be affecting his play as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually I actually like every piece on the Hurt side better than every piece on the Lamar side. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. I Full PPR, already got Kamara, sure. I mean, you've got 
I, I agree. Fournette's probably the one, the one guy that I would, uh, you know, probably prefer to keep out of that first grouping. Um, but like you said, that Tampa offense is going to be, you know, if they keep going on this trajectory, I don't know that Fournette gives a whole lot more effort. I don't know that they put up a lot of points. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty easy to go on that hurt side. I mean, hurts, hurts has shown and what's crazy. He's not even doing it with his legs yet. Imagine we get to a game where he runs for 80 and a touchdown along with throwing two or three. You know what though? I don't know if that, that game may not come. And, and this is no lie for like another month when they play Dallas again. Yeah. Like they play Houston this week. They might be up. They might be up 40 at halftime. And that's yep. not, that's not even hyperbole. I mean, yeah. they're one of the best teams in the league. Houston is, if not the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. Like they, I, Who's who's covering AJ Brown on the Texans? Who's covering Devonta Smith? Who's covering Dallas Goddard? Can they stop the run? I don't think so. And Miles Sanders has been playing well this year. I've never been a Miles Sanders guy, but he's been playing well this year. Yeah. So that could be that could be a bloodbath early. The only thing that that I could say could, um, you know. I always say Thursday games are weird. Weird things happen on Thursday nights. Oh, by the way, talking about Thursday nights, just a, just as a as a side note here, I heard the I heard the funniest thing on the podcast. Someone said it was great that the Monday night game dressed up as a Thursday night game for Halloween. I thought that was the funniest thing I had heard on a That's podcast good. all That's week. Pretty good. So, uh, here, shout out, shout out to Jesse. Uh, love Jesse. Hyperbole, nice vocabulary word, Josh. Um, yeah, I know a couple, I know a couple of, uh, million dollar words that I keep in this 10 cent head of mine. So, uh, you know, yeah, Edward, I'll bust them out. Edward, you did good, man. You did good, Edward. Yeah. I, I think that's a straight policing, uh, good for you. Uh, and I hope this, um, I hope this puts you in the running for a championship this year. All right, Drew, let, let's talk about some of these trades, man. So first one here, um, I, it was the Bradley Chubb trade, but Chase Edmonds was involved in it, and that's what I want to talk about because uh, I personally don't do IEP. Um, I'm barely good enough to play with just one side of the ball, so I uh, I, I stick to that. Um, Chase Edmonds goes to the Broncos. Now, this was kind of a big time. You know, we, we talked about this earlier when we talked about, too, about how Miami really went all out. You know, they traded for Tyreek, you know, offensive lineman we talked about. You know, they signed Teron Armstead, who was – probably the biggest offensive line free agent uh, in this year's offseason. And they signed Chase Edmonds. And we were like, whoa, all right, Chase Edmonds in the in the Mike McDaniel offense. Oh, man, that's going to be fireworks, right? That's what we all thought. And then the season kind of started going, and then it was like, oh, Less and less to Chase Edmonds. This is weird. Now it's mostly Raheem Mostert. What, what are we doing here? What's going on? So he gets traded to Denver. How do you how do you feel about this? And you can come from any angle, redraft, dynasty. It doesn't matter. How do you feel about this? Uh, I. The first thing that comes to mind for me with Chase Edmonds right now is uh, if you do any investing, you're, you're familiar with the greater fool principle. Uh, so I, I think, I think Miami found their greater fool uh, and capitalized. Um, it, it is wild to see. I've seen a uh, sports center. People have been plastering this up all this week. Uh, what those firsts in the, um, 
San Francisco trade have turned into for Miami. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk, let's talk about that, please. That is a master class right there, in taking your Trey Lance value, and uh, in turning that into some amazing pieces to put yourself in a position to compete, which, you know, they have to, they have to go all out, um, you know, just by, by virtue of the division that they're in, right. If they, if they're going to compete with Buffalo who is leading the NFL or second in the NFL in points per game right now, they're going to have to be able to score and they're going to have to be able to do it with um, the offensive side. And then, yeah, a little bit of reinforcements. I mean, the, the bills have seen the advantages of getting Von Miller this year, right. You know, one more piece to add to the pass rush, to be able to add, um, some veteran presence on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it was a great move for Miami. I think that was amazing. Um, and, yeah, it, again, we'll see how long Raheem Mostert stays upright. Um, but altogether, you know, Edmonds was not doing uh, a spectacular job where, you know, he's a tremendous loss to that offense. And you look at what their offense is doing, and this is without Gasicki even having, you know, a huge role in that offense. So um, I think I think they're doing it well. Um yeah, so I think that was a great move for Miami. So uh, I love that you brought up the uh, the trade because it's been all over. You know, you said Sports Center; it's been all over Twitter. Um, so the the picks that Miami received for Trey Lance in the Trey Lance deal, they got Jalen Waddle, they got Tyreek Hill. And now they got Bradley Chubb. Now let's take Bradley Chubb out of it because, like I said, we we focus, you know, on uh, fantasy the way the majority of people play it. And I'm not – I don't want to shame IDP people. They love what they do. And honestly, um, if I ever went on an IDP podcast, I would sound like an idiot. So uh, I do not want to disrespect those people. But just think about this, right? You're sitting in your – 2021 rookie draft, right? Where are you at? 103, 104. It's probably about where Trey Lance is being taken. And Drew, you call me up and you go, listen, I will send you this pick. No, you love Trey Lance. All you have to do is give me what probably what was Waddle, probably the 109, 110 around that area. Yeah, double digits. Give, give me the 109, 110 and Tyreek Hill, and we'll call it a deal. I said to you, Are you sure? You, you positive about that? You're going to give me a pick in this loaded draft and Tyreek Hill? I said, Okay, do what you want, man. Uh, you know, uh, and the league probably would have started, you know, you probably would have seen it on, on, on Twitter. This idiot traded Tyreek Hill and the pick that became Jalen Waddle for Trey Lance. And that happened in the real NFL. Plus they, plus they got a uh, superior defensive talent using that other first-round pick. Like crazy, crazy. Chase Edmonds. God, there were a lot of places Chase Edmonds could have gone that we probably would have been like, okay, like this, this could be, you know, kind of a snapback for, for Chase Edmonds. And he goes to Denver. He's what the third running back on that roster. Yeah, it depends on the week. I mean, I think I think Lat Murray is their one, and he should be based on the way he's playing. But I think Latavius Murray gets hurt tomorrow. I think it's right back to Melvin Gordon. I don't think they go. Oh, we got Chase Edmonds now. Let's let's make him the workhorse back. I, I think you know. I, it's and it's probably more of a even ish split between Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds, but they're not going out. Chase Edmonds is a dude. So he's like third. But um, I will say, uh, obviously, Latavius Murray 
and Melvin Gordon. And I also think Mike Boone. I know Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon for sure. Their contracts are up next year. So it'll be, they'll both be free agents. And I think Mike Boone is out as well. So Javante comes back. Chase Edmonds is a nice, you know, secondary guy. But for this year, man, that trade does nothing for Chase Edmonds, man. Yeah. It really does. Like, if Chase Edmonds gets traded to Atlanta, man, you throw your hands up. You go, all right, let's go. He's he's back. He, You know, he's got some value. Let me see if I can trade him to somebody who has been a Chase Edmonds believer. You know what I mean? Um, But, you know. Unfortunately, it was to Denver. They've already been able to find running backs and do well with them. So uh, we'll see. But here, let's take a break here. We got we got a question here from Trey S. Evening, gents. Full PPR. Start one. All right. AJ Dillon, Kyle Pitts, or Devonta Smith. Now, uh, and that, well, let's do that. Let's do that one first, and then we'll jump to the second part of this question. So, start one: AJ Dillon, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith. I'm gonna go Devonta Smith. I told you it might be forty to nothing at halftime. <laughs> um, the Texans are garbage. Uh, I also think, and, and we've seen this happen before in this season. Um, it seems like. A week where AJ Brown blows up, they kind of, you know, they tell Devonta Smith, hey, your week is going to be next week. Don't worry about it. And they give him a few more targets than they normally do. Uh, so I think that's going to be more of the same this week, especially since like who's guarding him? Like, stop it, you know. So uh, give me Devonta Smith at, as, as the start. Uh, agree, disagree, Drew? Man, I am. My my gut says AJ Dillon going against the Lions could okay. put up quite a bit of, of work there. Um, if it was any kind of premium, I think Kyle Pitts would make the most sense here. I think Devonta Smith. If you're looking for for the the upside, then Smith makes the most sense. He could absolutely be the guy this week. Um, so depending on what you're looking for, but I, I got a good feeling about Dillon this week against against the Lions. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to get in there and spell. Aaron Jones a little bit, and I think he gets some meaningful touches. Oh, interesting that you used the word upside with Devonta Smith. He's been pretty good this year. He's been pretty good. Um, all right, here's another one. Also full PPR, sit one. Oof, we got to sit one now. We're starting one now. We got to sit one. Michael Carter, Devin Singletary, or Tyler Boyd. Who are we sitting? Drew, I'll let you start this one off. Who are we sitting? That's tough. Uh, I think you have to start Boyd while while Chase is out. Absolutely. Hard not to play Singletary with the way he's been playing lately. Um, He doesn't get a lot of red zone love, which is tough, so you're not going to get a lot of touchdown opportunities there. Michael Carter. Oof. Who do the Bills play this week? They are playing. Oh, they're playing the Jets. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I probably, uh, I probably sit Michael Carter. I think I, I roll with Singletary and Boyd. I think Singletary gets enough early down work. Um, so yeah, and, and you can't sit Boyd at this point. I'm with you 100. You're starting Boyd. So obviously it brings it down Singletary and Michael Carter. I just, and it's burned me in the past, but I just never can bet against Devin Singletary. I can't do it because every time I bet against him, he sits on my bench and he he puts up 15, 16, 18 points. And then I look foolish because I started someone like Michael Carter who gives me seven. So, um, Give me Boyd, give me Singletary, sit Michael Carter. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the Jets now that Brees Hall is yeah. uh, done for the season. He was really the the 
straw that stirred the drink there. And um, we kind of saw that obviously coaching staff said, all right, we got to put more of this into Zach Wilson's hands. And I don't know if that's the way they're going to win games. (laughs) Um, And especially against the Bills, you know, let's face it. The Bills are, in my opinion, the best team top to bottom in the league. Um, Appreciate that, What's that? I appreciate that. I I mean, hey, I don't sit on here and lie. Uh, You know, even when I give you my opinion, when it's not popular, it is my opinion. I don't sugarcoat it for anybody. Um, I think the Bills are the best team top to bottom in the league. And um, it's going to be a little scary trying to watch uh, Zach Wilson navigate that. So uh, I say start Smith, sit Carter. Drew says start Dylan sit Carter, but we at least agree on the sit. Uh, appreciate the question, Trey. Um, we're going to get back into these uh, into these trades here. And the next one, uh, this was an interesting one. This is one where I went, wow, okay. Um, Chase Claypool goes to the Chicago Bears. Um, and the Bears give up their second round pick. Now they have two second round picks because they got a second round pick from the uh, from the Ravens in a Rokron Smith trade. Obviously, we're not talking about that because again, we don't really talk about the defensive side of the ball here. But they didn't give up the probably later pick, which will be the Ravens pick. They give up their earlier pick to get Chase Claypool. Um, let's talk about this from, from a fantasy point of view. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and here's the reason why. I hear a lot of people going, well, he's not in Pittsburgh anymore. So he's not going to battle with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Pat Fryer move and Najee Harris if he ever gets straight again but are we like i mean listen the bears offenses look good the last few weeks but they've looked good because they run the ball like crazy including with their quarterback justin fields they have they haven't looked great because they've been prolific passing the ball no, no one all of a sudden said that this is the the greatest show on turf 2.0 that that's not what has happened i mean uh, let me let me put this stat out here for you you ready for this justin fields has not thrown for 200 or more yards since october 9th 200 or more yards. Come on, we're in, we're in the past happy NFL. And he has not hit the 200-yard mark in almost a month. It's not processing. So do, do I think Chase Claypool will help? Absolutely, because you can, and trust me, I've, I've, Never been a huge Chase Claypool guy, but he's better than Dante Pettis and Nikhil Harry and Equinemius St. Brown. He's better than those guys. He is. But is he good enough to all of a sudden make this a decent passing offense? I'm not even going to say good. I'll say decent passing offense. I don't think so. I don't think, you know, now I will, after I slam the Bears earlier in the Tua discussion, I'll give them a little bit of credit. Like, this is kind of what you should be doing. And they have, they'll have Claypool for two more years on a rookie contract, which is, you know, price keeps the prices down. 
but man, giving up a second round pick for Chase Claypool, like that seems that seems like a hefty price. But it ain't my assets. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I saw somebody put this up there too, equating it to Dynasty, where you get the the pick that the Steelers use to get Claypool, hold him for a little bit, and then trade him for a pick where they'll get somebody who would have been long gone by the time Claypool is an option, right? So again, savvy move there. I think that's and that's that's what the the Steelers do, right? They they find and they develop good wide receivers, then they move on when the time is right. So um yeah, I, I think it definitely helps Justin Fields. It, it, I think there were people this summer that were hoping something like this would happen, but I forget what it was. It wasn't a pick. It was some sort of player-for-player player trade that a lot of Bears fans were hoping would would transpire. I think somebody from defense, maybe something like that. I think it was. Like, I think it was Roquan Smith. Was it okay? I think that yeah. was what people were hoping for because Roquan Smith held out yeah. at the beginning of the uh, uh, training camp. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. So, yeah, so I think the Bears did the right thing. They saw what they've got. You know, Fields is not there yet as a passer, but giving him some help certainly is uh, a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, he's a different player than Darnell Mooney and some of these speed guys. So if it's, uh, you know, a bigger target that Fields needs to have that outlet or in the red zone, um, I think it's a, a good move. It's 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 not a, a well-advised move. If, if I saw this in a dynasty league, I'd, I'd definitely be uh, scratching my head a little bit. But we'll see, uh, you know, time will tell, right? Time will tell. That, that'll be, you know, either the new Bears GM is going to look like a genius or he's going to look like an idiot, you know, for making this trade. Especially if, you know, say uh, a top eight wide receiver kind of falls and you know somebody that a lot of people and listen i'm not going to pretend to know this draft class like some debbie people do and some uh college people do but you know there could be a guy that falls and we're like oh my they could have had this guy instead of chase claypool and we'll see but all right here's the one i think was the biggest one for fantasy and maybe for actual NFL, too, of the day. The Detroit Lions send TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. So, first of all, interdivision trade, which we don't see that often. We don't. And actually, you know, the, the last big one that happened, happened a couple of years ago at the draft, where the Cowboys and the Eagles traded picks. The Eagles ended up getting Devonta Smith, and the Cowboys ended up getting uh, Micah Parsons. So that's probably the last big one, but they don't happen, happen that often. And, and this was a big boy trade. So TJ Hawkinson, along with, with some picks, go to Minnesota, and Minnesota sends... Uh, a couple of day two picks over the next couple of years. I want I want you to start this one off. How do you feel about the the Hawk the Hawkinson going to the purple and gold of Minnesota? Uh, I think it's good for him. I think he gets uh, he gets a nice upgrade in the, in the total offense there. And he may get uh, the ability to to show off a little bit more of what he can do. Um, R.I.P. Irv Smith, I think. Uh, I think a lot of us were hoping that you know maybe he would bounce back this year, and he had a couple flashes. But um, you know, it would have been it would have been nice to see him go back to Detroit <laughs> to have some viability there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think for Hawkinson is uh, is a good move. I think it's a good move for Vikings again. Seeing some teams go after it this year, say, you know, saying we want to we want to go all in. Um, and this is what we hope to see in our leagues, right? This is, I think, why we have, you know, whether you have a trade deadline, don't have a trade deadline, you're hoping to see some of that last middle in the middle of the season and toward the end of the season push to see some people go for it. So um, exciting move for sure. It'll be weird to see him there. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see him play against Detroit at some point. Yeah, so we, we talk about fantasy here. Honestly, don't know why the Lions would do this from a real 
real uh, football point of view. And, and I've seen some people give some reasons, but honestly, a lot of them are, are flimsy, even though they're trying to prop them up as real arguments on why Detroit gave up uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um, but man, the Lions are, are, are pros at uh, drafting tight ends in like the first round and then trading them a few years later for pennies on the dollar. Um, but let's talk about fantasy here. I I like this. I like this deal for TJ Hawkinson's fantasy value. I've actually heard a lot of people slam this for his fantasy value. But my thing is he's getting an upgrade at quarterback. He's getting an upgrade at the weapons around him, which means there's going to be a lot less focus on TJ Hawkinson. Justin Jefferson is better than anyone that Detroit has. Um, Adam Thielen, he old, but in the red zone, you have to account for him. Yep. Dalvin Cook is very good, and as crazy as this is to say, He's, he stays healthier than DeAndre Swift does. Um, and obviously, you know, they're also a, a better team in other places because, let's face it, they're 6-1. and one. The uh, Lions are 1-6. and six. So I like this. This might be a situation where the first couple of weeks of TJ Hawkinson uh, for fantasy don't look good in Minnesota because he's getting acclimated to the offense. But I think, you know, when you get to playoff time, you're going to be very happy yep. with what TJ Hawkinson does. I mean, we saw, we saw Johnny Munt get a touchdown this week. If you could tell me anything about Johnny Munt, <laughs> you're a professional. Because Johnny Munt is a guy. And now... The, the guy is TJ Hawkinson, who's more than just a guy. So, um, yeah, I like uh, I think this I is like a lift this. for, yeah, I think it's a oh, lift for Minnesota overall. Oh, uh, yeah. I like this a lot for Kirk Cousins. I like it if you have Dalvin Cook. I love it for uh, Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, I think this is a good move for, for Minnesota, both in, in real life and for us that play the game about a game. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's pull away. We got another question here from Blurpy. All right, so he just did this trade. He traded Terry, I'm assuming this is Terry McLaurin, uh, Tyler Lockett, and Deonta Foreman for Derrick Henry. Is this fair or unfair? I don't think my answer is going to change, but Blurpy, if you could just put in here real quick if this is Redraft or Dynasty, um, it'd be cool. Sorry for taking that off the screen. Um, so here's my thing. I think either way, it's an overpay, but it's fair. All right. All right. Thank you, Blurpy. So he put in here redraft. Um, I think it's an overpay, but it's fair. I mean, has Terry McLaurin been a top 15 guy this year? No, he has not. Tyler Lockett is heating up. Tyler, the funny part about this is Tyler Lockett may be the player at the end of the season you regret most losing in this deal. But um, Tyler Lockett, we, we've said this about him a lot. He's, a, he's inconsistent. Yeah, he's going to give you some week where he blows up, and he's going to give you some weeks where he goes two for 20. And you're like, oh, why did I start? Um. And Tianta Foreman, what's going to happen? You know, like he had a great game. He had a three-touchdown game just like uh, Tony Pollard did, you know, all this, blah, blah, blah. What's going to happen when Chuba Hubbard comes back? Who knows what that split is going to look like? Um, So do I think it's a slight overpay? I do think it's an overpay. But is it unfair? Absolutely not. I I think this is a a fine deal. And – 
Blurby also put in here, his running backs are now Cook, Kamara, Henry, and Etienne. Man, how many how many of these guys can you start? Because uh, hope all I of mean, them. Yeah, I mean, if if this is kind of a normal league though, where you start two running backs and only have one flex spot, somebody's sitting. <laughs> um, and then his wide receivers are on two flexes. Yep, so he can run all four of them. Oh, I did not see that. Thank you for yep. for pointing that out. Two flex. Yep. Hopefully, you only have to start two wide receivers too. Yeah, right. Because his wide receivers are Amon Ra, DeAndre Hopkins, Pittman, and Wandale. Now, there's there's a lot of upside there, but there's also a lot of scariness there. Um, less scary the, now that Terry's the, gone. What's that? Less scary now that Terry's gone. Yeah, less scary. But the guys you gave up are, are kind of the same thing. High upside, but yep. can also put, you know, some single-digit numbers on the board for you, which is, you know, what you're trying to avoid. Um, so I mean, you got your four now, you got your two running backs and your two flexes every week, you yeah. know, those like are going to be your guys. And then you rotate wide receivers and see what happens. So yeah. Yeah. Drew. Cook and, uh, Cook and Henry are past their buy at this point. I mean, Henry coming off a 200 yard game, you're going to have to overpay a little bit for that. And yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, in an ideal world, you would have kept Terry and substitute somebody else out probably, but all things considered, I like it. Go get your guy. Well done. Yeah, and you're you're obviously not going to say this is unfair, right? No. Yeah, I've I've seen way crazier trades than this. Yep. Um, here we go. We got another one here from the Cole Train. Nice. W- what order do you rank Slayton, Tony, and Pickens in standard? He's looking for that upside. All right, Drew, I'll let you start it off. What what do you rank these three? Oh God. I, I think it has to for me it has to go pick in slate and Tony. Boom, two for two. You you ain't never gonna catch me saying anything nice about Kadarius Tony. So he's gonna be he's gonna be in third on most lists. And guess what? He's in Kansas City. Listen, if anybody can get it out of him, it's gonna be Andy Reid. But I said this at the time when he got drafted. I thought it was silly that he was taken as high as he was, considering, you know, besides gadget and gimmick plays, I I didn't see where he was going to be in the NFL. And I said that from the beginning. A lot of people call me crazy. And so far, he's had, what, one monster game in the NFL? And, you know, maybe people are going to say, well, it's because he's been injured. He's been this or that. But, Brian Dable, no. It is said, "Hey, Richie James, guess what? You get that start. <laughs> David Stills, you get yep. that start. But yep. Kadarius Tony, way well, you know. Yep. And now people are like, oh, it looks like Kadarius Tony wasn't even really hurt, you know. Yep. So, yeah, I believe Dable's a culture guy, so that yeah. alone puts him in third. I mean, what, I mean, I'll take it back to what we were saying earlier. I mean, Kenny G ain't around, and I don't think Kenny G's hurt. That's that might be the company line. Yeah, but I don't think he's hurt. Kadarius Tony, same thing. The guy who complains after wins, you know. You're exactly right, Brian Dable. He don't want none of that trash in his locker room. He says, "Yeah, you're going to complain. You're not going to contribute to the team. You're not going to." You know, lift your guys up, even when maybe you're not at your best. Nah, you can you can pounce in. Um, oh, here here's a little follow up from Blurpy. I like this. Um, his league is saying it isn't fair, but the guy he traded with needs wide receivers, Terry and Lockett, or wide receiver twos. Listen, I don't ever listen to what anybody says about any of my trades. I don't. By the way, I don't win every trade. I don't. But if someone says, wow, you, you know, you really fleeced this guy. You really did this. You really did that. Cool. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. And same when someone says, wow, you got, you got fleeced. Okay. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But, you know, there, 
I think if you ask the question, is this fair or unfair, it's most likely fair. Because I think we know when the unfair ones come out. When it's like, yeah. hey, I, I traded Derrick Henry for um, Zay Jones. Okay, wait a minute. That don't sound right. You know, I don't care. Oh, but I need a wide receiver. I don't. It, you know you can do better. So, um, you know, and then he, he also says uh, he feels a trade without context is fair, but when you add him to my team, it becomes unfair. I view it that way. And, and listen, we haven't we seen it with this trade deadline? Good teams yep. figure out ways to get better. Yep. They understand that they have more assets at their disposal than bad teams because guess what? Bad teams may have draft picks, but they don't have they don't have talented players that you know they can trade for depth or more talented players. Their team, their players usually stink. That's why they're bad. You know, well, we saw you know we saw Buffalo make a trade. You know, we saw Philly before the trade deadline make a trade. We saw the Cowboys make a trade. You know, and we see those teams, you know, we see, we just talked about Minnesota making a trade. Teams that believe they're good and believe they have a shot to get into the playoffs and and do some damage, those teams are making trades. They're trying to get better. They're not just saying, oh, well, we have a Justin Jefferson and a Dalvin Cook, you know, let's not, let's not add any more good players. We have enough, you know. The Bills, you know, didn't say, oh, we have Josh Allen and we have Stephon Diggs and, you know, let's let's not add more good players. We have Von Miller. Let's not add any more good players. We don't want to be too good. No, <laughs> they go out there and say, is there a trade that makes sense for us that can make us even better than we are? And I think that's exactly what you did, Blurpy. I think you agree with that as well, right? I like that, yeah. Uh, I mean – that, that and that's why we love dynasty so much because as a good team you can kind of look at those teams that are further down in the rankings and go oh, what do they got that I could use to make my first second third place team even better oh they have uh you know they have this old guy that's not going to help them out. oh let's you know let's make a trade to to get that guy on the team you know what i mean so uh we we see it all the time um drew i do want to get you out of here but got to got to got to before we get out of here we got to talk about the buffalo bills trade so the buffalo bills get naheem hines and they give up zach moss and a six-round pick how do you feel about that drew Oh, I'm fine with it. Uh, I think Hines has shown he can be a playmaker. So when he needs to be there, I, I'm not sure what I think as far as will he actually push Singletary for early touches or not. Um, I think he's a great weapon to have on the team. So whether it is Singletary or Hines in the backfield um, with with Josh Allen, I think it, it keeps things open in the playbook. So I like it for them overall. Uh, I don't think Moss gave them that flexibility at all. So. Uh, I, I like it. So Moss in the six, sure, take it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I felt the same way. I felt like it, it was an upgrade. But, again, listening to a podcast, and, and someone made a very good point. They said, the Bills, this move is a really good move for the Bills because, you know, obviously none of us wish it happens. But if Devin Singletary goes down and let's say you're, you know, you're in the AFC championship game, are you really comfortable with Zach Moss and James Cook being the running attack for your team? No, not really. You probably actually feel kind of crappy about that. At least if at least if Devin Singletary goes down at a clutch moment of your season, you put Naheem Hines out there and you don't go, ah, we have, you know, the second best running back in the league. We fooled you guys. 
but you have a guy that you're confident can handle the load and be a good player for your team. And that that's what you need at that position for the Buffalo Bills. You don't need, you know, you don't need the Tony Pollard, you know, uh, we need a running back to get us three touchdowns and over a hundred yards, you know, on the ground. No, you need a guy that can play his role in the offense and can be good at it. And that's what Naheem Hines is. We've seen him when uh, Jonathan Taylor has gone down. You know, no one no one freaks out. No one goes, oh, man, we can't do anything in the run game now. We have to abandon it and just throw, throw, throw. No, they, they're like, all right, this guy is good. He can handle it. We'll be fine. And I think that's where the Bills made a really good move because if anything ever happens to Singletary, here comes Hines, and, and you really don't miss much. Yep. So – on that note, Drew, we're out of here. Thank you to everybody in the chat. It, it was a lot of fun. Great questions. Great talking about these trades. It was a good time. Um, remember, if you're in the chat, uh, hit subscribe, hit like, leave a comment. We love them all. Uh, if you're doing a podcast thing, uh, appreciate you guys, too. It's been over an hour. Uh, that's a long time to be doing anything, especially listening to two guys just talking about fantasy football. We appreciate that. Remember, if a friend friend, uh, mentioned us and you're listening to us for the first time, don't forget to hit subscribe. Leave a rate and review if your podcast directory allows you to. And Drew, on that note, we are out of here. Late. Late.